Amen. As you have a seat, turn to two people and say, I'm glad you're here. I mean, tell them. Even if you're not glad, just, just tell them. Okay? I bet you are. So, I, uh, I, we are in a series called Ghost Stories. And it's not based on Stephen King. It's based on the King of Kings. Actually, his spirit. And it's, the Holy Spirit is what we call him. And we're learning things in this series called Ghost Stories. We're learning, like, we've already learned some crazy things, like, the Holy Spirit is not a it, but it's a he. And he is a person. We've learned that he's not just a he, a person, but he's also God. And we've learned that, that the Holy Spirit, who is a person and who is God, is also, he's with us, like right now. He is, he's the God who's with us right now. We've also learned that he's a God who is in us if we're a follower of Jesus. If we've surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, we've called on his name, the Holy Spirit also lives in us. So we're learning things in this series, and it's fun. And this series is going to be no different, because understand this, when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, lives in you, there are advantages. Say advantage. Right? Type advantage in the comments. There are advantages, like he gives you gifts. How many here, just be honest, we're in church, come on. How many, how many like getting gifts, right? You like getting gifts? Okay, half of you are honest and half of you aren't. We'll pray for you. Okay, we all like getting gifts. Um, in fact, I'm excited. Jody, your birthday's coming up in a couple months. And uh, I've been thinking about what to get her. Jody's a cold a lot, like a lot. Like, are you cold right now, Jody? She, she is probably. Yeah, she is. So, she, 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 always, she always warned me, never ask me questions during church service. And I just did it, so I'm in trouble when I get home. So anyway, just know that. Um, but I, So I'm praying about a gift for Jody, and I found the perfect one. It, it showed up on my social media feed. Jody, you got to shut your eyes for this because it's going to be a surprise. But in a couple months, because she's always cold, I'm thinking about getting her this gift right here. And uh, so I don't know the name of it. I, I call it the cocoon. I have no idea. So, okay, take it down because is she looking? Were you looking? Okay, ooh, might have lied. Um, so, but that's, that's going to be her gift. I, uh, I want you to think about the best gift you've ever been given. Think about the greatest, most exciting gift. Like, like me, I can think about, actually, I can tell you one of the worst gifts I've been given and one of the best. One of the worst is when we were moving to Plant Meadows Church, and they had a little get-together for us and party, a send-off. And, and there's this box this person got me, and I opened it, and I was all excited, and I pull, I pull it out, and it's this ceramic doll. And, okay, I don't know if this person just didn't know the Lord or... I, it was like a half doll, half clown, and all demon. I'm telling you. Who would give me... It was the most horrific thing I'd ever seen in my life. One of the worst gifts I've ever been given. But you know your pastor is not that smart sometimes. Why I didn't throw it away right then, I don't know. I kept it around. In fact, that doll made the trip with us from Sioux Falls to Omaha. And uh, one day, my family thought it was funny that I woke up one day and the doll was sitting like in my... Uh, sitting in my chair. I didn't think it was funny, okay? I, I needed counseling for that. So, uh, but then the, the moment that I pulled back the bed sheets one, one, one evening and the doll was laying in my bed, it was over. I said, okay, party's over. And that doll went from my bed into the outdoor garbage. And I'll guarantee you, that night, that, that doll climbed out of that garbage. I know he did. And he is like around, running around the neighborhood terrorizing. But he's not in my house. That's all I care about. So, he was a demon. So that was the worst gift, one of the worst gifts. One of the best gifts is a grill. One of the best recent gifts I've gotten is a nice grill. A nice grill, okay? Because all I've ever had is the grills from the dollar store, you know? The ones that last three months and then they just explode. I mean, I, my previous grill, you could see through, like you open it, you could see through to the deck. It was very unsafe. 
Like, I, it, burned at one, it burned at one temperature, like 700 degrees. It was unbelievable. Like, you didn't, you didn't leave it unattended. In fact, one time I left that grill unattended. I kid you not. Not only was everything in there on fire, but the grill, the top of the grill was on fire. So I must have dripped, like, something on it. So the entire grill was on fire. Like, if my insurance, insurance agent is watching right now, I apologize. But, I mean, it's, it was bad. But this grill, this grill's sweet. Like, guys, it's Memorial Day weekend, and, and, and we, we celebrate, you know, what God, the, all the people that have gone before us. We, we, we're a free country, but let me ask you this. Who, who would say you're the grill master? Like, you love grilling. Your hand went right up. Okay, now both of us can't be the grill master. So it's, and since I have the mic, it's me. So, um, so I love grilling. I grill steaks to perfection now. I grill hamburgers to perfection. I grill... And he, but here's what separates me. See, because you might say, you grill, you grill steaks well. You grill hamburgers well. But have you ever grilled uh, pizza rolls? See, I have. See, yeah. Actually, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, is that a good thing or is that like a, a Council Bluffs thing? I don't know. So there it is. Um, okay. I'm sorry. If you don't understand that, just be happy you don't. So, um, so I love the grill. And I, but here's what's crazy. That, that grill that I have, you know what I didn't do when I got it? I didn't like cover it up and throw it in the garage. And like stick it over in a corner and put a bunch of stuff on top of it and never and kind of forget about it. I didn't do that. That would make zero sense. I love that gift. That that gift is a good gift, but but it would make zero sense if it was if it was hidden and unused. And this is the premise of today. See, I believe that the Spirit will give you gifts if you're in Christ, if Christ lives in you. And many people, in fact, there's a stat, I'm gonna give it to you. I'll give it to you when I start reading scripture, actually. There's many people that their gifts or gift, it's, unhid, it's hidden and unused. Un, it's hidden and unused. And that makes zero sense. So as we talk about spiritual gifts, let me give you a definition. Let's pretend like we've never been to church before. We're just learning together. A spiritual gift, the supernatural ability, it's nothing you can do in and of yourself. Supernatural ability given to Christians to do God's work on earth. That's what it is. Both in the church and in the world, okay? That is the definition of what a spiritual gift is, supernatural ability. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you two different things in two different scriptures today. Spiritual gifts, you can find them in four different places in God's word. I'm gonna tell you all four. I'm gonna preach out of two of them because that's the majority. You'll get the meat of it. And then I'll tell you about the other two in case you wanna, well, I hope you wanna research on your own. Your own. So a lot of the gifts, I think nine of them, are found in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you go to 1 Corinthians 12, that's in the New Testament. That's when Jesus came to earth and after. Uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth 2,000 years ago. But through the divine power of the Holy Spirit, he's also writing to you and I. Because this is the inspired word of God. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. You ready? Say I'm ready. I got to know you're with me. All right. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities. Remember the supernatural abilities the Spirit gives us. He said, I don't want you to misunderstand. In other words, in fact, King James says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to, to, to I, in other words, I don't want your gifts to go hidden and unused. Because for most they do, I, t I told you I'd share a stat, 80 plus percent of followers of Jesus, they don't know anything about their own spiritual gifts. They don't know what they are. They don't even know maybe what some of the spiritual gifts are in general, and they don't know their own. That's insane to say that I have the Holy Spirit in me. He, give, he gives me gifts so I can accomplish things that only 
God can accomplish through me, but I don't have a clue what they are. That's most people. That was me most of my life. So if that's you, don't feel bad. Praise God that you're here. So verse 2, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the word of God will curse Jesus. Like if anybody's cursing Jesus, they, they, the spirit is not in them. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He's the one that prompts us to say these things. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Here we go. But the same spirit is the source of them all. The Holy Ghost, he's the one that gives you all the gifts, all of us. There are different kinds of service, but there's only one God. We all serve the same Lord. He is one. God works in different ways. Yes, he does. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Different gifts from the same God. He is one God made up of three persons. It's a little confusing, but the Father, the Son, and of course what we're looking at, the Holy Ghost. Verse 7. Of all the verses I'm going to give you today, this is the biggest. In my opinion, because it summarizes what the teaching is. The spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Spiritual gifts are given to you so you can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Wisdom is a spiritual gift. You have those people in your life, they're just wise sages. They're advisors. They might be mentors. But they always have a good word when you go to them and you're, you're struggling with a decision. They, always have, they have the gift of, of wisdom. Another spirit, or excuse me, to another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. They have special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith. Now, we all should exhibit faith if we're a follower of Jesus. But some people, and you've met these people maybe, they just, it's above and beyond. Like, when they say, I, I can do all things through Christ, I mean, they literally, they don't just say it, they back it up. They are, they are so full of faith. They have the spiritual gift of faith. To someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. And this one, I'll park at for a second, because we, we look at, like, like say, Paul, when Paul was alive, he helped plant these churches that, that, we're, we're, that we're reading from. Paul was so anointed with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, it literally says that, that aprons that touched Paul's skin, handkerchiefs that touched his skin, they could literally take those, those pieces of cloth and put them on other people, and people would be healed. Demons would be expelled. It was insane. And, and Paul, I'll say that is impressive, but can you grill? I told you. Anyway, so whatever. So uh, um, I'm off track. So, but, but it, these, these, these healings happen. And people will ask me, Pastor, do they still happen today? We don't hear about healings today. We don't hear about that kind of thing. And the, the answer is yes, they do. Healings still happen today. I, I think they're more prominent in other countries, honestly. And I think there's maybe different reasons. Number one is, Many countries probably exhibit more faith than we do. We have a lot in America. We've been given a lot in America. And anytime you have a lot and you're given a lot, you don't have to go to the gift giver as much because you're, you we're pretty taken care of for the most part. That's just being honest. Many of these countries that have nothing and all they have is God and they cling to him, you see some crazy stuff happening. Another thing, I'll just be practical with you, medicine, technology. America, we have a lot of that. Doctors, nurses, the facilities. So, so God's still doing a great work through people, through medicine, but the other countries that don't have what we have, we're seeing God do a work a different way. So, I mean, different reasons, but again, healing is a spiritual gift, as is uh, the, the power to perform miracles. 
Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles. And, and that's true. But I always say, we should never get so caught up in the gift that we forget about the gift giver. When you start pursuing your gift, oh, I want to get the gift of healing. Oh, I want, I want to perform miracles. I tell you what, your gift can be an idol. And when you start pursuing the gift more than the gift giver, I wrote it down, I wrote it down this way. God calls us to pursue him, not what he might do for us or even through us. Never forget that. Okay, never forget that. It's all about God. So, and then he closes verse 10 by saying, the other has the ability to prophesy or for prophecy. Now, your pastor, I have the gift of prophecy. Now, now you might be thinking, oh my gosh, pastor, can you, can you give me the lottery numbers? You know, how about the, you know, whatever. So, but prophecy, we, we, we misdiagnose what that is all the time. Uh, predicting things is a piece of it. But prophecy is allowing God to speak through you um, it is speaking God's word boldly. It is, it is speaking on behalf of God and what he is saying. That's prophecy. I never had that gift before I knew Christ. I guarantee you that. Um, but I have it now. God has given me that gift. By the way, don't you think if, I knew, if God gave me the lottery numbers, like I'd probably utilize that by now? Seriously. I don't know, Pastor. All that money ain't going to make you happy. I always say I'd like to give it a shot. I'm just saying, you know. Give me, let me try. I'll, I'll let you know. So he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Holy Spirit or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. A lot of times that's referred to as speaking in tongues. While another is given the ability to interpret what the person who's speaking in tongues is saying. Lastly, verse 11. It is the one and only Spirit. Okay, It's the one and only Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, who distributes all the gifts. He's giving the gifts. We have nothing to do with that. Again, he alone decides which gift is given to each person. So the Holy Spirit's making that decision, not you and not I. And it's so funny because people will do, we get this mixed up too. When we first moved here four years ago, I was at the library. And we're launching the church and I'm fired up and I'll talk to anybody and everybody about, hey, this is what's going on. And I saw a woman at the library who had her Bible open. Well, you don't see that a whole lot. So that intrigued me. So I walked up and I introduced myself and she starts talking to me and she was studying what? Spiritual gifts. And oh my gosh, I, yeah. So she's like, she goes, she goes, can you speak in tongues? And I said, well, I mean, when I was drinking, no one could understand what I was saying. So, I mean, does that count? Uh, I mean, but she just kept asking, if you want to speak in tongues, you just ask God and he'll give you that ability. You can ask for the gift and God will give it to you. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I've ever read that. It says to me, like, the Spirit gives the gifts. But she kept hammering on it. And finally, I told her, I said, listen, I just want to use the gifts I've been given. I'm not even sure I'm tapping those out. Like, I've got, I know I have gifts from the Spirit. How about I just utilize those rather than asking God, hey, give me this and give me that. She would not let it go. You ask for God, and he'll give you the gift. You ask God, and he'll give you the gift. Finally, I was like, I'm about ready to ask God to shut you up. Will he give me that gift? I just wanted to, I mean, be quiet. So finally, and I, I invited her to church, but I'll be honest with you, and this is a confession. This is your pastor's flesh, his heart. But I invited her to church, and then I walked away, and I'm like, God, I know I invited that woman to church, but if she doesn't come, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I just was like, oh my gosh, I bet you're single. Anyway, I shouldn't say those things out loud. So, I'm sorry. Verse 7, can I hash it one more time? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help one another. Your spiritual gift isn't about you. See, it was never about you if you're in Christ, if the Holy Spirit lives in you. See, Christianity, the, the definition, it's not about me. That's the definition of Christianity. We, we make it all about us because we have a selfish heart. Your pastor does too. So don't feel bad if you feel like you're selfish because I can be. 
But your gift, main point, your gift is not for you. Your gift is to help others. Your gift is not for you. Your gift was given to you. Your gifts were given to you to help other people. So let me, get, let me teach a little bit more on this because it's so important that you understand this. Like people get confused all the time. I did. I didn't even know what spiritual gifts were. Can I tell you, can I tell you a few things that they're not? Just to help you because these help me. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. They're not. Remember, remember the definition? Supernatural ability. That means it is not your ability. You had nothing to do with it. The Spirit had everything to do with it. Natural abilities, they're different. Like some of you, you're born athletic. You know, I have that gift. Unless you see me golf, then you'll be like, you don't have that gift. But there, we have the spiritual, you know, we have natural gifts of um, sports or academics. I have a good friend. I've maybe told you this before. He is not a good student, but math, <laughs> he could do math like, I mean, like professors. It was amazing to me. I, see, I don't have, the, I don't have the, the, the ability to do math, really. I think God knew that if I could do math, I'd just be too powerful. It'd be too much. Can't do it. I mean, it's like, no, no, no. Natural talents are not spiritual gifts, okay? Spiritual gifts are not just given to certain people. They're not. Now, let me clarify. They're only given to people who have the Holy Spirit in them, yes. So they're only for Christians, only someone who have surrendered their life to Christ. But when it comes to the Christian family, the family of God... Well, certain people, no, 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 everybody. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have a gift or gifts from the Holy Spirit, guaranteed. They're not signs of spiritual maturity, okay? That, that woman that I met at the library, she would, she would probably tell you that, well, you know, you keep seeking God, you keep growing in God, and he'll, he'll all of a sudden bless you with another gift because you've reached a threshold of understand. No, 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 that's not how spiritual gifts work. They have nothing to do with your spiritual maturity. Now, how you utilize them, or if you utilize them, that has something to do with your maturity, right? But, but the gifts you're given have nothing to do with your spiritual maturity. See, we, we, we like to elevate gifts. We do. And speaking in tongues, I don't know why that one seems to get a lot of attention. It, you, Paul, you know what Paul wrote in the Word of God? That's, prob- that's the least of the spiritual gifts. But, but some, and it is a spiritual gift. And it is valid, but, but it seems like a lot of Christians love to just, I mean, that's what we like to focus on for some reason. I want to speak in a language where no one can understand it, because that makes me feel good about myself. I don't get that. So, but, but I'm not demeaning the gift. It is a gift. So, spiritual gifts are not fruits of the Spirit. So, there's the gifts of the Spirit, which we're talking about today. There's also the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians, which love, joy, peace, patience. We're actually, I'm so excited, because the series after this is going to be the fruits of the Spirit. And we're going to look at those, unpack them throughout the entire summer. Cannot wait. But they're not the gifts of the Spirit. Like, people get them confused. I hear, hear a guy say, you know what? I just don't have the gift of love. And I'm like, the gift of love? Ah, that don't make sense. What you're really saying, sir, is you're a jerk. Okay, is that what you're saying? Okay, because, I mean, the gifts, love isn't a, a gift. Okay, love is a fruit. Fruit, when you use your gifts, fruit happens. That's, that's how that happens. I'll say it another way. All believers of Jesus should exhibit all nine of the, spirit, or the fruits of the Spirit. We should. We should exhibit every one. But, not, but you're not going to exhibit all the gifts of the Spirit. You won't. And I won't. It won't happen. So, we looked at 1 Corinthians. We looked at about eight or nine gifts in there. We're going to look at Romans 12. This is where another, a big majority of the gifts are found. Romans 12, two verses is all you're going to get. It's going to pack a lot in here, so I hope you're ready. So Romans, Paul's also writing this letter now, okay, right, to the church in Rome, but also to you and I. In verse 6, chapter 12, he says this. In his grace, say grace. 
Ah, the grace of God. It is amazing. More on that later. In his grace, God has given us different gifts to do certain things well. So if God has given you the gift, the ability, again, to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Again, prophecy, ability to speak on God's behalf. If your gift is serving others, serve them well, right? Now, again, like faith, should we all serve? Yes. Yeah, two of you answered that. That's okay. So should we all serve? Yes. But do some people have like the gift of serving? They do. Like my grandmother, she had to have had this gift. I mean, I remember, by the way, my grandma turns 97, like in July. We're super excited because she's my only grandparent left alive. And I'll never forget one of my greatest memories of my grandma is when I went to her house as a kid and she would be constantly just be just serving like crazy, always cleaning, always cooking, always serving, making sure that you're taken care of and you're taken care of and you're taken care of. And it's like, and it was always food. I don't know if all grandmas are like this. She's always trying to feed me. I'm like, Grandma, we just ate a 14-course meal. She's like, ah, just have a snack. I'm like, Grandma, that's a side of beef. I'm like, I'm not that hungry. She's like, oh, you're going to blow away. If my grandma would have raised me, I would weigh 500 pounds. I'm just going to tell you right now, 500. I, I have no, she just is like constantly, but she, was, she, was, she had a servant's heart. She, she had the gift of serving. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, Again, we all should encourage, right? But some have that supernatural ability. Uh, a gentleman at my church where I was saved at in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, he had the gift of encouragement. Like, it was above and beyond anything I'd ever seen. And he meant it. Like, you could literally get your foot caught in a combine, and he'd be like, oh, oh, that's okay. I mean, your foot's gone, but you have another one. It's all right. I mean, he was just, just encouraging. I mean, it was just amazing. He had just turned, everything was good. I don't know how, I mean, he was good. So, so leadership is another one. If God's given you leadership ability, take, responsibility, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So you may be thinking at this point in the message, okay, a lot of things have been said. A lot of gifts have been talked about. Like, how do I know? I mean, I know there's spiritual gifts test out there. And yeah, you can Google those and take those. Nothing wrong with that. But, but there's, I'll, I'll give you one test that I've done. Okay? A little illustration. And... Uh, I call, I call this one the chocolate pie illustration. And uh, I call it the chocolate pie. And really, you could use, you could use any type of pie, I suppose. So, but I, I chose chocolate because, because I love Jesus. So, uh, but you could, I mean, you could use apple or cherry or lemon meringue, banana. <laughs> no, I'm not calling on you. So uh, um, you, somebody's thinking, oh, I think I'd use pumpkin. Okay, you probably need to repent because pumpkin? I'm like, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I mean, I could eat a piece of pumpkin, maybe a bite, but I would need like a gallon of Cool Whip to wash it down. I just, I can't do it. Like, if that's your favorite, we want to pray with you after the service. So, but this is chocolate pie, God's favorite right here. So if you can't, I should do it on the stage, but all it is is just a piece of chocolate pie. So here's the illustration. This, this pie is at the edge of the table, if you can't see it. It's at the very edge. So my friend is eating a piece of pie. The pie at the edge of the table, ends up spilling onto his lap. What you do next as his friend or her friend, what you do next may determine the spiritual gift that you have. In other words, the pie falls on your friend. If the first thing you do is like, you moron, 
I told you the I told you to slide it towards the front of the table. Why would you? Why would you do? I mean, I saw that coming from a mile away. I knew that was going to happen. Okay, you may have the gift of prophecy. I mean, you saw that. You just saw it coming, right? You just knew it. Now, if your response is the pie flips on your friend, you're like, oh. Oh my gosh, let me clean that up. Oh, I need to wipe that up. I'll clean that up here. <gasps> let me brush you off. I'll get you all taken care of. Oh, there, you're all better. If that's your response, you have the gift of serving, right? You, you, you serve others. Now, when the pie flips on your friend, if your first thought is, hmm, I've done some research on this, you know, and I think there, there's actually a better way to eat pie. Like, I put together, like, a three-point sermon on how to, like, this is step one, this is step two, this, and if you do it this way, that pie will never fall on your lap. That, so if you do that, okay, number one, you're weird. I'm just going to say it. That's right. Okay, but number two, you have the gift of teaching, right? You're, you're, you're a teacher. Now, if, if, if your response is, when the pie falls on your friend, if you're like, oh, Oh my gosh, I, 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 it's okay, that's okay, don't worry about it. You got pie all over you, but it's okay, it's all right. In fact, no one's watching, no one's looking. In fact, here, I'll take my pie and I'll throw it on myself. See, we're, all, we're together in this, it's not a big deal. So if you do that, you have, the, <laughs> you have the gift of encouragement, right? You're encouraging them. It's all right, don't worry about it. No one can see it, it's only right here. No one sees that. So if your response, when the pie flips down, if your response is, if your response is, I'm thinking about it right now because I can't remember the next one, but okay, yeah, yeah, here it is. Yeah. So if your response is, you know what? Take my pie. I see your pie fell on you. Take my pie. In fact, you know what? You get a pie, and, and you get a pie, and, and you get a pie, and you, and you pies all around, right? Settle down, Oprah, but everybody gets a pie, you know? Everybody gets a pie. If that's you, you have the gift of what? Giving. You're a giver. You want everybody to have pie. Now, if, if, if that happens and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I can't believe that fell on my friend. Listen, you, you go get a mop. You're going to clean that up. You, you're going to go, you're going to go and you're going to grab another pie from the store and you're going to cut it up and, and let's get another pie too. You, you're going to wash these two. Just, you know, make sure they, they're on task doing what they're supposed to do. If, if that's what you do and the, the pie falls in your friend's lap, you have the gift of leadership. And last but not least, when the pie falls on your friend, if your first response is, Oh my gosh, when I saw the pie flipping through the air onto your lap, I just started to pray, and I prayed, and I, I, I'm so sorry this happened, but I want you to know I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to walk with your family, and I'm going to be here for you, and for the pie. I, I'm here for both of you, okay? If that's you, again, you got issues, but you also have the gift of kindness, right? That's your gift. Which one is you, okay? Actually... I was going to have this just go back to the corner, but one second. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate is where it's at. I don't care what you say. But which gift do you have? Which gift do you have? I, uh, I told you that prophecy is one of the gifts God has given me. Uh, leadership is another one that I, I've been given. And I, I don't brag. This isn't me. Trust me. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. I am. If you knew me before I met Jesus, you would know. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you something. The gifts that we're given, regardless of what they are for you, they, they're, they're never about you. And if you, if, you, if you take nothing else away, take that away. If you don't know the gifts, study them. Where do, I find, where do I find them, Pastor? In the Word of God. I just gave you 1 Corinthians 12. I gave you Romans 8. The other ones are found in Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. 
If you study those four scriptures, you will see all the spiritual gifts. And I promise you, if Christ, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have at least one. Some have more. So, but people ask me all the time, how do I know? How do I know? You'll know. I mean, like, like for example, a gift I don't have, for sure, administration. It is not your pastor's gift. You know how I know this? It's confirmations all over the place. I mean, we, we, after every event that we do at Meadows Church, we uh, analyze the event. We ask, okay, what did we do well? What can we do better? And we just did a baptism event. We baptized, 30 people got baptized a few weeks ago at our church. And, uh, okay, I'll say it again. 30 people got baptized at our church, okay? I'll be celebrating that until God calls me home. But, um, after the event, we, we analyzed it, and one of the gals it, it, that's on the, this leadership team, she says, it, it seemed really chaotic. And I was like, yeah, that'd be me. And the reason why it was so chaotic is because I organized it. And she's like, well, there's really no organization here, and there was no line here, and it was all pointed at me. And, it, and I already knew it. So I, I, I promise from this point forward, I will not organize any other baptisms. I mean, you should praise God for that, because that is not my gift. And you'll find out what your gift is, and you'll find out what your gift is not. But we all have spiritual gifts. If you are saved by the blood of Jesus, if, you, if by grace you're saved, you'll know it. Your gift is not about you. 1 Peter 4.10 says the same thing. I can't reiterate it enough. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to do what? Serve one another. To serve others. It's always other-focused. I, I don't think I've done a great job... Um, like, I like a teaching is something that I'm trying to get better at. I don't know if that's a spiritual gift or not. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to get better about that with you because I want you to understand what the bride of Christ is and what it isn't. I want you to understand what, um, God's word, what, what God's word says and what it doesn't. And in this season of COVID, it's just shed some things, some light on me of, of things that I think God wants to help me with. Like, for example, I have conversations with people and they'll say things to me and they've been part of our church or are part of our church. And I'm like, man, if they're learning that from me, I got to change the way I deliver it or the way I say it because I, I don't do things right a lot. I mean, you probably figured that out by now if you come to Meadows for more than two weeks. So, but I have conversations with people and we'll check on people that we haven't seen during COVID. Like a lot of people are starting to come back to any environment, churches, going out, concerts, whatever, which is great. I mean, I love that. Um, but there's people that aren't, and I'll reach out to them and people will say things to me like, um, and I'm just, I'll be upfront. I mean, this isn't just one person, it's a few people. Oh, we're, we're attending online. And I'm like, God, I hope I haven't taught you that. If I have, I, I've made a huge mistake. We've been pointing people online for over a year. And I do that because that was all we had for a while. It's better than nothing. But that was never the point to get people to start just, oh, my, my, I attend online. No, you don't. That doesn't even make sense. Attending online, that, makes, that isn't even biblical. So, but I, I can't even get mad at them. It's my fault. I got to teach on this more. There is no attending online. I, you, you, you can watch, I watch messages online. That's, I'm not attending the church. I'm watching a message. So, so I'll talk to people and, and I've heard that. And, and I even heard, well, we're attending in another a church in like Texas. I'm like, what do you mean you're attending a church? You live here, but you're, okay. So you're watching a message in Texas. And I'm like, I think to myself, okay, let's pull back the layers a little bit. How are you pouring back to the community in Texas? Because shouldn't the church be in the community loving and serving? Isn't that why we do outreach events? Is to love and serve our community? How are you doing that in Texas or Arkansas or Florida or wherever you're saying that is your church? You're not. 
What are your kids doing? Can I ask that? Kids is our most important ministry. I told you that. Huge for us. So if I tell kids, our church is in, you know, uh, wherever. Our church is in um, Louisiana. That's the pastor that I seem to resonate with. You think my kids are going to gather around the computer and be engaged? Let's talk about a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. It's not going to happen. But, but again, I point the finger at me. It was so enlightening as people were talking to me. I'm like, wow, I got to get better about teaching what it is and what it isn't. How are you, how are you doing anything? How are you giving back to the community? How do you give back to God through the church? How do you, how do you serve? We're talking spiritual gifts. How are you using your gifts? And here, here's one of the comments was, you know what? We're doing this and, and, and we're actually content. And when I heard that, it just broke my heart. Not because of, I, again, I don't blame them. I blame me. I'm like, wow, you're content. Just, just watching a message some, somewhere else and that's church. Man, I got to teach better. You, you, you're not saved to have a content life. You're saved to have an abundant life. And what I want to say is, what? okay, so now you've disengaged here, and, and now you were attending over here, and the church is over there, and some of them say, how are you, what about the people you were serving? Don't you, do you think about, now there's a hole, there's a gap where you were serving, and now you're not because you're content just doing this over here. And I'm like, I got it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get better about teaching what church is. Online, we'll always have online. We live in 2021, right? Online is a good thing. It should never be your church home, unless you're homebound or something like that. There's exceptions, but rare. It should, people are gone on vacation, that's a great option. You're sick, that's a great option. If you're just, if you're able to get to a local church, I don't even care if it's Meadows. I could care less. Don't care. Go to a church that feeds you and you can give your life away and use your gifts. That's what I tell people. But my God, don't, you can't call it church. Don't do that because that's not even biblical. And, I, and God was just, at, I had these conversations and I'm like, oh my God. And what about, what about with your attending, say, in Louisiana? What about when you go through a trial? Because you will. What about when tragedy strikes? We live in a fallen world. It will happen. Is the, is, is the person in Louisiana going to hop a flight? Come here and fly to this area and walk with you and love you and be with your family and pray for... I mean, that, there are advantages. Say advantage. Advantage. There are advantages. So anyway, I just... I wanted to get... Because here's, here's what breaks my heart. And I've told you this before. When it comes to the local church, you got, you got 20% of the people doing 80% of the ministry. And that's not uncommon. That's very standard for many churches. Meadows, we bucked that trend a little bit. But we're going to buck it way more. We're going to flip the script on that. I don't care. That, that might be the stats, but that isn't our stats. That just fires me up. But 20% of the people can't do it. It'll kill them. They'll get burnt out. They'll leave. They'll resent the church. And we don't want that to happen. How many people aren't using their gifts and talents? It's just, and it was me for so many years. But 20% are doing most of the giving. 20% are doing most of the serving. 20% are doing most of the inviting. That, that Meadows will never become the church God created us to become with that. Ever. We, so that's why this message is so crucial. You have a gift. I wrote it down. You have a gift to use in the church and in the world. And here's the question. If there's ever a question that's going to hit you and hit me, it hit me so it hit me so big this week. This is the question. Don't answer this out loud, but do answer it. What would your church, say, say it's Meadows or whatever church you normally attend, what would your church look like if everyone was as committed as you are? What would it look like here? What would it look like where you attend? That, that, I, that was so convicting to me. Because even as your pastor, I have, so, I have weak spots that I need to work on. 
What would it look like if everybody prayed the same way you pray? If everybody gave the way you gave, if everybody served exactly like you served, what would the church look like? Would it be healthy? Would it be empowered? You need to know, church, you need to know you are a vital member of the family of God. You, I, I wrote it down, your and my role is to be faithful with what Christ has given us. And people will say, gosh, if I just had more, I'd give more. If I just, if I just had more talent, I'd, I, I'd serve somewhere. Listen, it's nothing. You have everything you need to do what God is calling you to do. Everything. Noah, you heard about him? He built a boat. It wasn't Noah's talent that built the boat. It was his obedience. See, God is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. And when you say, here I am, Lord, use me, watch out. Because he will blow the, your doors off. He will. He will change your world. He will change the world of the people around you. He'll do it. We didn't launch ghost stories to just t learn more about the Holy Spirit or to teach more about the Holy Spirit. We, we launched ghost stories so you would not know more about the Holy Spirit, but that you would know the Holy Spirit. Big difference. That's why we're doing this. Do you know him? Are you letting the Holy Spirit lead you? Most Christians, me included, if somebody were to ask us, you want the Holy Spirit to lead in your life? Well, you bet I do. I'm, I'm all for that. I can say that, but deep down in my selfish heart, that's not true some of the time. There's a lot of the time I want myself to lead me. I don't want the Holy Spirit to lead me because I'm smart enough to know something. I know what led Jesus to a cross. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will lead you to the cross. It, he led Jesus to the cross, and that wasn't content. That wasn't safe. That wasn't comfortable. That's, that's not what it's about. The Holy Spirit of God is going to mold you. It's going to shape you. It's going to refine you. It's going to change you. And guess what? Every one of those adjectives can be painful. It can be difficult. It can hurt. But, but, but it, it's so abundant. It's so full. We're in this constant battle. I wrote it down, the spirit versus the flesh. I was talking to a gentleman out in the Welcome Center just before the message. We're in this constant battle, spirit and the flesh, spirit and the flesh. Even if Christ is in you, even if the Holy Spirit's in you, you still battle the spirit and the flesh. I do too. So, so by accident, I, I, I went to Romans to read the spiritual gifts. And it's in Romans 12. We read together 6 through 8. And I went to Romans 8 by accident. I started reading it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is the wrong section. You know what God said? Not audibly, but he said, no, it's the right section. It just happened this week. So, so this is how I knew I have to give you a few more scriptures. Romans 8 is where I went to by mistake. Romans 8, 9 through 11. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Have you ever been in a place, maybe it was just this morning or last night, where you're doing something you don't want to do? You're like, I shouldn't be looking at this. I shouldn't be treating people that way. I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be hurting them. But you do it anyway. If, if, if you've been there, so have I. Some days I'm still there. You're not alone. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Not everybody's a child of God. I know it sounds good, you know, on a mug, but you're only a child of God as if, if the Holy Spirit lives in you. If you've surrendered your life to Christ by faith, by faith, that's it. And Christ lives within you when that happens. So even though your body will die because of sin, and it will, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. 
The Spirit makes you right with God. Your faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, makes you right with God. We always say, good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. People forgiven by the grace of God go to heaven. People who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ go to heaven. That's a fact. Has nothing to do with good or bad. Now, when the Holy Spirit's in you, you should start to change. You should become more good. That should happen. But that's not what's, that's not, your, good, your goodness ain't saving you. The grace of God is saving you. I, I'm made right with God. I love that. So Christ, remember how the Spirit led Christ to, the, to Calvary? And he died on that cross. You, many of you, you know the story. He was dead. They took his lifeless corpse down from the cross and they put him in a tomb. And there he lay. And then the foundation of Christianity happened. Three days later, you, you know where this is going. Some of you do, maybe some of you don't. That's why I'm telling you. Three days later is what defines Christianity above any other religion, apart from any other religion, any other belief, is what happened three days later. That three days later, Jesus Christ would, would bring himself back to life. Three days later, that dead man would bust out of a tomb and be alive. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what separates us. And when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe that and you surrender to that, in other words, you repent, you want to turn from your ways and turn to God, He will save you. The Holy Spirit will enter you. He will forgive you and He will make you new. It's huge. Here's what hit me. Verse 11. You know what raised Christ from the dead literally? What did it? I, okay, I should rephrase that. You know who did it? Verse 11. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within us. I'm telling somebody, you have access to the same resurrection power that brought Jesus Christ from death to life. That should excite you. That should motivate you. You should want that. You should want to use that. What would the church look like if everybody was committed as me? Man, that convicts me. Do me a favor and say this word. Say love. That's what it all points to, by the way. That's the reason any of the gifts exist. That's the reason that we're here today. That's the reason why we want to grow closer to Jesus. Love. That's why Jesus went to the cross. If you never sold out to that, by the way, you can today. You can call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and he'll make you new. Online, you can type, I choose Jesus in the comments right now. And we'll connect with you in the room. There's cards, there's prayer team, there's me. I don't care how you do it. Sell out to him. Surrender to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into you because he'll lead you to do things. Say do. He'll lead you to do things. The Holy Spirit will lead you to do things. Not just think them, not just contemplate them, not just pray about them, but to do them. Listen to me, if you're still alive on this planet today, it is because God has something for you to do. Bottom line, that is, that is the case. And we are most alive when we are loving and serving others. So this is what we're going to do. I, we don't have a closing song. We'll have closing music. But I love doing this. Do, through this series and maybe even beyond, I want to do something. And you don't have to participate, obviously. I want you to do whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you. I hope you do, though. 
The prayer team's gonna come up. We'll dim the lights in a second. And the prayer team's gonna line up here and they're gonna pray with you if you wanna come forward. There's a prayer team or prayer room across the hall if you wanna pray more confidentiality or confidential, we can do that too. I want, I want you to ask, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Is it about you or is it about others? Do you know your spiritual gifts? If you don't, that's your first step is to determine. We'll help you do that. We'll do whatever it takes. If you know them, are you using them for the kingdom of God? As the prayer team comes up and they can, there's going to be dream team cards that'll be up here. Those are serving teams. And if the Holy Spirit leads you to grab a dream team card and fill it out and turn it into guest services, I thank God for that. Nothing happens in this church without our dream team. I always say, if I don't show up, church will still happen. There's proof of that last week. I wasn't here. Guess what? Church happened. Guess what? Lives were changed. Guess what? People came to know Christ, and I had nothing to do with it. It is nothing I do. But if our dream teams don't show up, well, we're screwed. So, I want to pray for you, and then we're just going to play music. If, you, if, you, if the Holy Spirit leads you to go, then go. If it leads you to pray, pray. If it leads you to grab a card, grab a card. It's between you and him. But if you need prayer, I always say, if you need prayer, this, don't leave here without it. Do not leave here without it. God loves you. God loves you. It's so unconditional. It's not like my love or your love. It's, mine's conditional. His isn't. He loves you so much. Father, I thank you so much for this a challenging word. God, it was challenging for me to put it together. I was convicted in it. And I try to lead the charge here, and I feel like, my God, there's so many areas I need to seek you more in. God, help me. Help our church. I thank you so much. The, here's the reality. Of church plants that are three and a half years old, Meadows looks pretty good. But I don't want to just look good. I don't want to just compare ourselves to what other churches are doing. I want to compare ourselves to what I see in your word. To what I see happening in the first church, I saw, I read about miracles breaking out. I, I read about lives dramatically changed. I read about resurrection power. That is not just some myth or something that went away 2,000 years ago. That is today. We want that now. I want that for everybody here. God, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ. He's the center of anything that happens here. He is our hope. He is our salvation. For anybody that needs to surrender to him, God, I pray that it happens now. I pray they will sell out. They will do whatever it takes. They'll let us pray with them and walk with them. For anybody maybe who feels convicted, I, I know I have gifts. I know I have talents. I know I have abilities. I know I have things I can give, but I'm not doing it. God, I pray. Not in a, not in a, a judgmental way. That's not what this is about. This is about a loving way. The Holy Spirit convicts in a loving way. God, I pray, here's my biggest prayer. We will do whatever you say. If we do whatever you say, God, it'll be a good day. I pray that your message has gone forth the way you want it to, Father. I pray if there's anything that I've said that isn't of you, God, take it from our, take it from our memory right now. You, you're, you, we need you all over this. Father, we love you. We thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he was dead and alive, we have hope. We have gifts. We have power. We have supernatural ability. <laughs> we, we get to be you to people around you. We're going to be the Jesus that some people, the only Jesus some people will ever see. No, that's, that's a tall order. We can't do it without your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for sending him. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for hope and thank you for life. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen.
Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.